Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Well, welcome again to We Found Another Hour podcast. We're grateful for you tuning in. Uh, we're back in the studio this week, as um, and I'm grateful because uh, we have Brother Bob Carroll, who I alluded to last week was the GOAT, and that's certainly not a derogatory term. Uh, he's the greatest of all time, and he agreed to come back and be with us on this episode. Of course, we have our studio regulars, Brother Michael Sharon, our student pastor, and Brother Caleb Lewis, our associate pastor. And uh, we're here answering tough biblical questions, and we've been getting some doozies, hadn't we, guys? Yeah, we yes, kind of went out of the bang last week. I mean, <laughs> I had more questions leaving than I did coming in, so well, it was good, though. That's why we're back this week, because we decided we'd pursue this a little bit further. Last week, we talked about, uh, I just kind of dubbed it the Second Amendment and how that ties with biblical uh, insight and biblical Christianity, how that uh, applies to our life, and we talked about from personal the provision of personal protection, uh, human life that we went way off the rails to a house bill that's been introduced in our local or uh, our state legislation, uh, house bill number 11 and, you know, allowing somebody the right to shoot someone, use lethal force if they took their property. So we'll just kind of pick up the discussion there. Uh, let me remind our listeners in case you didn't tune in to last episode, the, the question that, uh, that one of our listeners sent in was in regards to Luke chapter 22, verse 36, where Jesus tells the disciples, if you don't have a sword, sell your coat and, and go buy one. Make sure you have a sword. And, and the listener was basically asking, was Jesus really talking about a weapon or was he uh, referring to something metaphorically or maybe spiritually? And I think that we came to the conclusion collectively that, that Jesus was talking spiritually and physically. I mean, one, he was talking spiritually. Brother Michael, you mentioned the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we need to, he was preparing the disciples for what was going to come. We have to remember this is the end of Jesus' life when we pick up here. He's getting ready to lose his life, only to pick it up again. I wish I had about an hour to preach on that, because that's what saves us. Without the resurrection, there'd be no salvation. Come on. Y'all ought to say amen. amen. I ain't got to preach in two weeks. Well, you now. come on. But uh, so we pick up, and, and so this is a pivotal time, and I believe that Jesus is preparing his disciples for the persecution that's, that's getting ready to come that still exists today. I mean, the world... And the world's evil, evilness is, is, is its darkness is pitted against uh, the 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 light of the world uh, and, and against the church, against God's people. So um, this is a persecu uh, persecution, and certainly other parts of the world know that more deeply than we do in America. So far, I think it's I think the day I think the time is at hand that we're going to experience some of what other folks in the world have experienced. But nevertheless, we've been pretty fortunate in our nation. But it's coming. Persecution has always been a part of the church, and it's coming for the, for the American church. 
But throughout all of this, he's preparing them, not only spiritually, but also physically, because uh, that persecution came not only spiritually, but it came physically as well. And I believe Jesus was telling them to prepare themselves for personal protection. And uh, so I think that we all came to that conclusion, but we had some great other discussion. And, um, you, you know, so let, let's pick it up there in regards to uh, maybe we'll go back to this personal property thing. And I think Brother Caleb, I mean, last episode, Brother Michael was ready to shoot somebody. Listen, if you're wanting to steal something, go to Brother Caleb's house. Do not come to my house. I'll give you anything you want, just ask. But don't come to my house if you want to steal something. Miss Lane is waiting. Uh, especially at Sons Cheetos. Don't Ooh, take yeah. those, Brother Bob. <laughs> That's right. You know? So, uh, what 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 are your thoughts, guys? I mean, we we pick up here on this personal property issue, and and really, brother Michael, in the last episode, and maybe we'll maybe we'll let this lead our discussion. Uh, you mentioned Exodus chapter twenty-two, verses two and three. Uh, you said twenty-two, but uh, I had time to look this up uh, uh, for for a minute. But here's what the Bible says, and think about this. This is God's provision. Now, understand the context of Exodus chapter 22. The Lord is unfolding for Moses, and it will continue on in Leviticus, but he's unfolding these ordinances, the law as it's dubbed. Now, we understand that the law refers to the moral law that God has given in terms of um, uh, uh, Exodus chapter 20, and that's the Ten Commandments. But after that, uh, those ordinances, those 613 Levitical ordinances that God gave, and it's still considered the law, but basically this uh, referred to how people would live societal and how they would live with one another and, and, and how all of that looked different than the way that the rest of the world was living. Because God said, be holy because I'm holy. I'm going to set you apart so that you can be a light to bring people to me. It's the same with the church today. So here God is given some prescription uh, throughout Exodus, the end of Exodus into the book of Leviticus. Uh, we're re-reminded of all of it in the book of Deuteronomy. And all of this collectively, called the law, uh, gives prescription on how we're to live. But here's what he says in regards to personal provision. And, and by the way, this is what I love about the Bible. We can give our opinion about what we think ought to be right and what we think we ought to do, what we think we ought not do. But what I love about the Bible is we don't have to live on people's opinion. That's right. God gives us exactly what we're supposed to do and how we're to live our lives. And certainly this may come from the Old Testament, but the principles and the precepts of those still govern our lives today. Nobody would, would throw out, oftentimes, we, you know, people want to use because they want to modernize Christianity, if they will. They want to, to throw out some of the old and just go with the parts that they like, but you can't. You either accept it all or you don't accept it at all. See, y'all going to get me preaching again. Have I let y'all talk at yeah. all on the podcast yet? But, uh, you know, the, the reality, those precepts still undergird our lives. And it still helps us to understand the viewpoint of God, especially when it comes to this idea of personal protection. Think about this. If the thief, Exodus chapter 22, verse 2 and 3, if the thief is caught while breaking in and is struck so that he dies, 
there'll be no blood guiltiness on this account. Now, maybe I'll just put this in, in, in 21st century here. You ready? If somebody breaks into your house and is shot mm-hmm. for being in there, then the person is not going to be held guilty for taking lethal action. I believe that's the best way to, to put a modernized translation uh, on that. So I use the little Liberty and Freeman translation. But it moves on. And this is important too. Because in verse 3 it says, But if the sun has risen on him, there will be blood guiltiness on his account. He surely shall make restitution. If he owns nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. So it gives us a foundation, but then it helps emphasize a, a portion of this that we're often confused by. And when we come back after the break, I want us to take this verse and I want to discuss this further because that verse 3 is very important. I'll read it again. But if the sun has risen on him, in other words, uh, the deed is over. Time has passed then it makes it clear that a, a, a different response or a different action than what happened in the moment. So we'll take all of this, wrap it around our theological perspectives, and we'll just go to town. And Brother Bob, I'm going to give you the first word when we come from our break. Stay tuned, uh, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hey, listening audience. Thank you for tuning in to We Found Another Hour podcast. I want to take this opportunity to tell you about a great Christian education for your children. As uh, many of you are aware, at Grace Baptist Church, we began a ministry, a Christian private school uh, called Grace Baptist Academy. I'd love to invite you to check out uh, some more information about Grace Baptist Academy, especially as we walk through these unparalleled and unprecedented times of the year 2020. But as we uh, move toward 2021, we would love to have your pre-K-3 K-4 or kindergarten student to be a part of Grace Baptist Academy. If you'd like more information about that, please go to our website at www.gbcspringfield.org and uh, just follow the tab to Grace Baptist Academy. Enrollment is so easy and uh, I'll go ahead and tell you that uh, tuition is uh, very, very reasonable and it is, again, a great ministry uh, to lay a great foundation for a great future for your student. Again, Grace Baptist Academy, www.gbcspringfield.org. Welcome back. We're in the uh, midst of a great discussion from Exodus chapter 22. Brother Bob, share with us a little bit of insight on that passage and and what it it means for our lives. Uh, Pastor, I think it comes back even to the fact that our nation was founded on a Judeo-Christian basis that reflects many of the standards right out of the Bible, and this is one of them, uh, that a person has the right to protect his property and his family, but there's no place for revenge. Okay. There's no place, once the act is done and the person is gone, there's no danger, there's no threat, uh, there's no place for revenge later to go back and hunt that guy up or that person up and kill him or take revenge on them. And again, I think that's the way our laws and our nation are also written uh, based on the same kind of principles uh, 
that, that life is precious. Even the life of that thief is precious. And uh, so we don't have the right, uh, biblically speaking, we don't have the right to hunt somebody down after the fact and take out revenge on them and try to sell it that way. It's time to let the uh, proper channels care for that, take care of that, and proceed with that. And again, I think it goes right back to the founding of our country and, and those uh, men that uh, put together our Constitution and our Bill of Rights, uh, that uh, even the Second Amendment is uh, based upon Scripture, uh, that we have the right to protect ourselves. Now, I don't know about our property. Uh, I, it, I'd have to be hard-pressed uh, to hurt somebody because of a piece of property. Well, what if it was your boat, though? Well, you know, I, mean, now that's a different <laughs> thing. Now, we, 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 that's a whole. I mean, brother Michael was ready to fight over some Cheetos, but I uh, promise you, they get on that boat, yeah. brother. Uh, uh, there's no, properties, no. and then there's idols. Uh, you know? uh, <laughs> they stay out of the boat shed, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, really, what I'm trying to say is that we, I would protect if someone broke into my house in the darkness of night, and uh, I heard them, it would be, it'd be very difficult for them to get out of my house uh, unharmed. Yes, and, but I, I don't want to hurt somebody. I don't want to kill somebody. But if there's somebody in my house at night, I don't know why they're there. Right. I don't know what their intentions are. But I know what my intentions are. And, well, you know, I, I've always kind of read this, and, and I just want to clarify this, because this could be so easily, I mean, I asked the question during the break, well, does this mean if the lights are on in my house and, and a thief rolls in and I shoot him, am I now guilty of blood guilt? Or, Brother Steve, I mean, you, you answered this. This has really nothing to do with whether it's light or dark. It has everything to do with, with time. Like, if I've had time to understand what's happened, that, you know, it's not up to me to go and, Make revenge, take vengeance. Is that where you're going? Is yeah, that what you're this, saying? This okay. passage, and I, I think this passage really, uh, this is what's so marvelous about the Word of God. But think about this, because it, it gives great clarity in and of itself. It says, if the thief is caught. So somebody who uh, is up to wrongdoing is caught. So this means that it happens in the moment. There's a context of time. This is that this is happening in the moment. Somebody up to no good. And then listen, while breaking in. I think that that's important because this person, the Bible alludes to the fact that it's crossed the threshold of personal property, of personal boundary. And you don't know what that person is up to. Okay. And then at that point, in the moment, there's action taken. But then the Bible clarifies that, uh, what, whatever took place in that moment, um, it, or, or whatever did not take place in that moment. In other words, if you weren't home and somebody broke in and took your stuff, and I'm just trying to put this as mm -hmm. plainly as I can. If you weren't home and somebody came in and took all your stuff, well, you can't, if you weren't there and there was no personal harm or threat to you in that moment, then you have no right to pursue a vigilante justice. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 19, we're reminded from the words of Paul to the Romans, 
that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That's He's right. the one that's going to repay. Amen. So vengeance, uh, all of that judgment is up to the Lord. And then he's given us an avenger. We have to be reminded of Romans chapter 13 and, the, and a biblical, New Testament, biblical role of government. Mm -hmm. They are an avenger. They are a minister of the Lord. Now, some of them don't know that. It's obvious by the way that they act. I wish we had some time mm. on that. Come on. But government uh, is, is a provision, a biblical provision given by God for people for the, person, for the purpose of protection. Okay? Think about what it says, that each person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there's no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Think about this. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. If you don't want to have fear of authority, then do what is good. That's right. That's right. It is a minister, the government, it says. It is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, because it does not bear the sword for no reason. Mm -hmm. It's a minister of God, an avenger. So God uses the government to bring justice upon the wrath and bring wrath upon the one who practices evil. So I think that clarifies in the moment uh, exactly what this passage alludes to. In, in the context of time, if there's a threat of personal injury, then we take whatever means is necessary to protect our life and the lives of those to whom we're charged to protect, the ones that we're responsible for. But if that time has passed, then it's no longer up to us. It's up to the Lord and through and or, okay, however he chooses to do, uh, uh, to, to carry this out. But for the government, to get involved and let them avenge the act that's uh, wronged us. So I, I, I think all of this, now we can take this back to this uh, idea of uh, personal protection versus property protection. Um, I, I believe personally, and I'm going to get y'all's thoughts. I'm going to say this and get your thoughts, Brother Caleb. I'm interested to hear from you on this, but I believe that everything that we've talked about has to do with life and, and the value of humanity. But I don't believe it belongs, uh, the discussion bears to property. I don't. Um, one, we have to remember that we, we don't own anything anyway. Everything we have is from the Lord. He, he owns it. So he he's the one that can avenge or, or or replace that property and and he does he does i've never had anybody break in to my house and take any kind of personal things um i did have somebody break into my truck one time that's uh uh and they took some uh diamond rio cds and all that it was way oh, back in the, you know I'm, days. yeah and listen i mean i was tore up about it but they broke into my truck but you know i i, I think I think about, uh, I did have one time I ran into, and you know right now, like especially around Christmas, but through all of this pandemic, the scammers yeah. are out. 
And, Brother Bob, do you remember a few years ago when I got scammed? I heard about that. Oh, my goodness, I got scammed. Real, I mean, with blue dot money cards. And, I mean, my wife and I both, and you know Leanne Sharp. She's sharp on this. But we both got, she got me all worked up because I was getting ready to go to jail because we had missed a, a court hearing or something. But anyway... Uh, and I went $1,064 later on Blue Dot Money Cards. I had given $1,000 away to scammers. Mm. And man, you want to know like how disappointed in myself and how mad I was, okay, and, and all of that. But here's what I'm reminded when it comes to property. You know, I made a mistake, and somebody stole that but really out of my own ignorance and, and lack of protection. But can I tell you, um, and that's a lot of money. A thousand dollars is, I'm a preacher. That's a lot of money, okay? But I'm thankful that I never missed that money. And somehow, some way, I don't know how, only in the Lord's way, uh, he gave that money back to us. And he didn't send it in a check, which it, he can, he does oftentimes. But we never missed that money. But that's God's provision of, of what I, I would call a provision of replacement, probably by my own stupidity. But nevertheless, we, we didn't have to worry about that. And I think when it comes to other property, I think God knows how to replace that. And I don't know that a piece of property is worth somebody's yeah. life. No, so let, let's yeah. continue this discussion brother bob you chomping the bit to say something but we got to take a break so let's take a break then you come back and brother caleb you've been silent this whole time that's not like you no all right no. so when we come back brother bob you jump in and brother caleb you pick up from there we'll be back right after this uh, you're listening to we found another hour a podcast and ministry of grace baptist church in springfield tennessee if you'd like more information about our church or any of its affiliates please go online to www.gbcspringfield.org or simply write to us via email at podcast at gbcspringfield.org. We'd love to hear from you. Let's continue now listening as our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests continue to give biblical insight to your toughest theological questions. All right, we're, we're, we're back. Brother Bob, you were getting ready to say. I, I, yeah, I, I, I wanted to say that there is nothing I own Nothing that is worth another person's life. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to harm somebody because of stuff. But like I said earlier, if someone's in your house, breaks into your house in the night, you don't know why they're there. You don't know what their intentions are. And so if it's just a matter of stuff, it's not worth taking a life but you don't know why he's in there. We're, we're using the analogy of, break, analogy of breaking in, and obviously that's uh, Exodus 22, but the context of this is any kind of threat against our lives. So it doesn't necessarily have to be in our house. Uh, it could be on, on, on the street, uh, you know. So we, we, we have to keep all that in perspective, but again, it's our, uh, our responsibility and preservation of of protection of human life, ourselves and those we're responsible for. Brother Caleb, weigh in on this. So, I, I mean, I completely agree with Brother Bob. I don't own anything that's worth somebody else's life. 
Uh, I don't know anything that's worth me trying to defend it and possibly give up my life just for stuff. Uh, we do have biblical examples of people defending uh, people people defend themselves even not just at night, so to speak, or not just when there is a uh, maybe lack of ability to see a threat. Like take for example in Nehemiah, as the people build the wall, they're working you know during the day. As they build the wall, they work with a a sword in one hand and a trowel or a you know like a shovel in the other, and so they're on the construction site, and they're you know they're armed. And so I, I've been on some of those. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've you been need on them. some of those. <laughs> I mean, you got. I, I'm with. You. I mean, that could even be. I mean, I don't want to press that too far, but you know, that could possibly even help us think through things such as uh, security in churches. I mean, here they are. They're working on uh, on this area in Jerusalem that this God. They're working at God's work here, building this uh, wall back in the same time period. They're working on building this temple, and they're armed. And so I think that there there's biblical precedent for being ready to defend yourself. And notice I say defend, not go out looking for trouble, but if it comes, protecting that life because God values life. So do, not, you, do you think that we ought to have uh, security um, at church in, in our public uh, corporate gatherings? Yes, I do. I think I think that a few years ago. Uh, that that may not have been necessary. Although there have been there has been violence at churches for I mean long before I was born. Well, especially Baptist churches. Especially you know, you've been to a business been, meeting. Yeah, get, especially, have y'all ever yeah. been to a Baptist business? <laughs> yeah, meeting? it gets burnt sometime. That's right. I, I remember my first time as a pastor. My first uh, day as a pastor, uh, we had a business meeting. And the business meeting was not after the service, Brother Bob. The business meeting was the service. service. And that thing lasted for two and a half hours. And we had a church split my first day. Like, we got a (laughs) church split over one ply or two ply for the bathroom. (laughs) I mean, so I'm telling you, these things can get brutal. Yeah, all right. Those deacons can get rough. You gotta, you gotta be, you know, carrying something. But I know I don't think I don't think a church a church that doesn't have any form of security. I'm not saying they're in sin. I'm just saying that it's wise to to have that protected because also I mean, you got kids there. Yeah, you got women and children. So you're not calling for I'm going to use the word crusade, right? We're not calling for a crusade, but we're just calling for preparedness to be. To be defensive and just to be ready. Sure, it's just. I mean, do you lock your doors? Absolutely. What's the difference? I can't. I can't answer that question, Brother <laughs> Caleb. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, I. I mean, should we lock our doors? Mm-hmm. Let, I think that's a better question. I mean, that? you've got. We lock your doors. You have a pen on your debit card. I mean, you have a, a code on your passcode on your iPhone. You have all these other defensive measures. What's the difference? I think that's a, a good point. Brother Michael, give us a, a little insight as we really wrap up uh, this great discussion. It's taken us two episodes, mm-hmm. but I, I've, I've enjoyed the discussion. And I think it's helpful simply because uh, oftentimes questions like this are, are not just questions of one listener. They really create dilemmas in the life of God's people mm-hmm. because... You know, oftentimes people think Jesus was a pacifist. Mm -hmm. But we've proven today biblically that he's not, okay? But oftentimes, you know, and they use perhaps uh, Matthew chapter 5, you know, and and turning the other cheek. But 
Well, we have to understand the context of what Jesus was saying. The whole Sermon on the Mount was an address of all the questions that, that people had in their mind in regards to what they see versus what they read. So, I mean, he's, he's addressing those things. But Jesus was not a pacifist. And, um, but oftentimes, we, and then we get confused about killing versus murder. What is the difference? Hmm. And, and I think it's important because uh, we, we, we don't know what to do when it comes to protection and the provision of protection, for instance, war. And what does a Christian do uh, as a soldier? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, so all of this creates a dilemma. But I'm thankful for the Word of God because, you know, the Word of God defines personal protection. The Word of uh, God defines in and of itself murder versus killing. And murder, and it all has to do with the heart. And it all has to do with the situation. So, Brother Michael, give us some thoughts on, or your thoughts on that. So just in closing, I mean, I would think um, a person does have a right to defend themselves, and I'm in agreement with you guys. I mean, there's not a piece of anything that I own that I would kill somebody over. But but I think if somebody breaks into my house, I have the right to defend the, the people that are there. And, and for those listening, you know, I would just try to, try to sway your mind, you know, instead of being, you know, physically ready and physically armed, uh, which is important. I think the more important question and statement is, are you spiritually armed? You know, I mean, I mean, do you have and are you using the spiritual weapon that God has given you? And that, that's the word. I mean, when the enemy comes to Jesus and tempts him, Jesus says three different times, it is written. He pulls out the weapon right there. So for the believer, is it important for us to be physically ready and armed? Absolutely. But it is so much more important for us to be spiritually armed and ready um, for the enemy. And, you know, over and over again, the Bible describes the enemy as a thief. And it says he, he's only coming to do three things. He wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy and uh, let me tell you something. Your weapon against that enemy, it's the word and it's Jesus. It ain't a gun. It ain't going to do no good. <clears throat> well, that's, uh, that's a good thought. And that kind of, you know, just just brings me back and reminds of even why we're in the studio. Because we're answering biblical questions and where do they come from? Uh, Brother Bob, I'm, I'm grateful because these uh, questions come from listeners who uh, are really parishioners, if you will. They're a part of our congregation, and they've chosen. They've chosen to take uh, a year and read the Bible from cover to cover. As a matter of fact, uh, I didn't read the last part of this question, but, but I want to read it because I think it puts in perspective how important this is and how life-changing it is. At the end of the question, um, the listener said, Brother Steve, I'm thankful that you challenged me to explore the word from cover to cover. I still remain confused by some of the scriptures and pronunciation of some of the names and places. I don't know who ain't, do you, Brother Bob? Yeah. But, but it re remind myself that these are the words inspired by God's own hands and literally his own breath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, if, if nothing else, Brother Michael, I agree that we need to be prepared in every regard of our life, but most important, spiritually. And the Word of God is where all of that takes place because it tells you how to, how to get into a relationship with God. That's what 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. 
John chapter 3, verse 16, John chapter 14, verse 6, John chapter 1, verse 12. I, I mean, it, it helps us to know who Jesus is and what Jesus has come to do for our life. And I pray that all of our listeners are there. They have a relationship. But more than a relationship or beyond the relationship, I to say, it moves us into fellowship with him. And we have the answers to every life's question in the Word of God. We've got parting thoughts. Brother Caleb. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo what Brother Michael said. You know, I, The most important thing we can be concerned about is I'm not, as Christians, we believe that the physical is important. God created us as physical people. Physical is important, but ultimately, it's your soul you have to be worried about. And so, uh, more, more so than being protected physically, which I do think is important, be protected spiritually, uh, you know, like Paul says in Ephesians, with that seal, the guarantee, which is the Holy Spirit inside of you that comes through faith in Christ. Well, Bob, thank you again for being with us. Give us some parting thoughts. Well, Words of wisdom. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know about any wisdom, but I, I agree with uh, with these uh, guys, and uh, I think it is so vital again for us to understand. We live in the greatest nation the world has ever known. Mm. We live in the most blessed nation and the most blessed time, even in spite of all that's going on. But we've got to maintain that close walk with the Lord, trusting Him not only to care for us, but to guide us. And we must guard what God has given us as citizens of this great country, and more than anything, citizens of his kingdom and uh, to maintain all our standards of life based upon the the standards of the word of god Amen. well we certainly thank y'all i thank y'all for being in the studio and until next time that concludes our another episode of we found another hour if you have biblical question or want to know more about a relationship with jesus we'd love to talk with you about that Listen to the outro and it will tell you how you can get in touch with us. Guys, again, thank you. And to our listeners, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.